Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. It's a good day. It's a great day, actually. Whenever the church gathers together and um, worships, it's always a great day. You might say, like, what, what's up with all the letters up front? So I'm, I'm going to get into that. So this is just actually a portion of the letters I've got this year. I have more. I have stacks more. In fact, last year, I, like after we did this, I actually threw them all away, and then I restarted. I have hundreds of letters. But these letters are actually letters from our missionaries all over the world that we support. And... Um, And it's from 2022. It's just say, hey, this is what's happening. Hey, we baptized this many people in Cambodia. Hey, this many people got healed. Hey, this, our Chi Alpha group went to India. You know, like, there's, I I would encourage you, I keep these because, number one, I love to read them. Like, I I, I do tell missionaries all the time, like, hey, I love your letters, but, man, save money. (laughs) You know how much money they spend in postage? I I, I can only imagine. Um, But I, I get encouraged, and I would encourage you to, to come and read what God is doing all over the world. Because we're launching into, well, I mean, a lot of churches, what we call missions emphasis. So this week and next week. And next week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have faith promise cards available. And what I would like you to do this week is to pray. It's not about whether you should give to missions. It really isn't. It's about, what you sh- um, it's about the amount you should give to missions. And we never talk about we never talk about money, ever, unless the Bible, unless we're going through the Bible and we're at a section that talks about money. That's pretty much when we talk about money. But the reality is God talks about money. God talks about tithe and offering. And, and um, this is definitely an offering, but, like, but it also says that each man should give what they've determined in their heart and then give it cheerfully, not out of compulsion or out of guilt. That's why you don't have a faith promise today. Because I know, I know I've been in mission services and you hear an amazing missionary and they're like, oh, yes, I got to do this. And then you fill it out and then you walk away going, did I even pray about that? Because you gave compulsively and then you're like, oh, snap. And God is always faithful, but I want you to pray and give cheerfully. If it's $5, if it's a penny, if it's a million, that's definitely the Lord. So... Um, but I, I don't want to spoil anything because I don't want to rain on his parade. But um, if you're not a member of C1, you're more than welcome to attend our business meeting. You just can't vote. Um, you're more than welcome because, man, we have some cool stuff. But last year in missions, dude, it's amazing what God did. What, you, what God did through you guys. We're able to bless churches with thousands of dollars. We're able to bring on whole... Man, it's just crazy what God did through your faithful giving. And so I can't wait to see what God does this year. I believe we're going to get more this year in missions than we ever have. I really believe that. I, I can't wait. And um, with that said, I'm not supposed to even be speaking today. Stop it, Ryan. We have a great guest speaker. And I know this, that we are going to be blessed because I've heard his testimony. I've, like, man... Um, um, Pastor Gene Garcia, he is the director of 
Teen challenge in this area, correct? Yeah, that's... So he, he oversees multiple... He's stationed out of Murfreesboro. He's going to come deliver the word. He's, um, we have some amazing... Like, he has some amazing news. I can't wait. And, man, uh, let's, this is what we need to do, though. We need to open our ears, open our hearts, and let's let the word of God transform us. Um, Gene, if you want to come and... It's all you, man. Don't be nervous. They only yell back a little bit, and they bite a little hard. So I'm like, you're going to be all right. Appreciate you. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Right, there we go. I'm so thankful to be here. Thank you, C1 Church and Pastor Ryan. I'm thankful for the friendship. I'm thankful for what God has done in my life, what he's doing in my life, and what he's going to continue to do in my life, because faithful is he who called me, and faithful is he who's going to do it. Amen? And it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit that's going to be done. Nothing that I can do or fester up or manufacture my own thoughts or ideas or my power, my strength, but it's by him, and I'm thankful for that. Just like the, the stone that uh, slayed the giant, it wasn't by David's strength or his, his power, but it was by the power of the rock that took behind the rock that took out the giant. And I believe today, I believe with all my heart, the Lord's going to take down some giants in our lives. Anxiety, worry, fear, discontentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, addictions. So before I get into any of that, I'm going to say a prayer and uh, share with you a little bit about who I am. Everybody got about four hours? No. <laughs> Lord, we just thank you for who you are, what you are, what you've done, what you did, and how you love us. Oh, that love, how powerful, how great, how wonderful, how glorious is the love of God. Oh, I, my, my, my brain, I, I can't even, I can't even wrap my thoughts around it, Lord, just like you showed me yesterday. Your love is infinite, it's never ending, it's continuing. You can't love us more than you already love us. Nothing we manufacture, nothing we do. You love us no matter what. It's a love that's an endless stream. And, and I thank you for that, Father. I thank you that you're not a respecter of persons, Father, because if you were, I wouldn't be up here speaking right now. You saw me in my biggest mess, and you relentlessly pursued me. Father, I ask you to surround this church at all times with your warring angels that protect, defend, and deliver it from any and all evil. Father, I ask that they have their swords of fire drawn right now, and they chase down any, any evil spirits, Father. And I ask you, do not let those evil spirits come back Ever again, Father, I also ask that right now, today, every day, and all day, Father, that you paralyze every power, principality, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places over this church, over Murray County, Father. I thank you that you're releasing your glory all over Murray County right now, that you're doing a wonder-working work, Father. You're changing and rearranging people. You're drawing people to you, Father. That there's going to be people crying in the cars right now, and they don't even know why they're crying, because they're touched by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, we thank you for revival. We thank you for reviving hearts, Father. We thank you for, we just thank you, Lord. I'm just so thankful 
just another opportunity to share my story for your glory, like Matthew West says. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for healing me. I thank you for helping me, Father. And Father, I ask that you have your will, have your way right here, right now, today, and say and do everything that you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So my name is Gene Garcia, and like Pastor Ryan said, I, I'm the outreach director for Heartland and Dalton Teen Challenge. Just give you a little background of who I am. Um, we have locations in Memphis, Tennessee, Clarksville, Tennessee. Those are our residential in Murfreesboro. Uh, we just have an outreach center right now. Um, thank God for visions. He put a vision on my heart to get more people involved with that, get a separate building where we have a team just really reaching out to the public, doing a whole lot of different things so other people who need the help that I got could get that help. And then I could get out in front of more hurting people, more drug addicts, more jails, more homeless shelters. Uh, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, me and another pastor, we went to Nashville, and I was there and, uh, at a Methodist church. They feed the homeless every week on a Tuesday, and we sat up. They usually don't let you have a mic or anything, and I prayed about it. I said, Lord, I really need a mic. There's going to be a lot of people here, and they're eating, and they're not really interested and I really want them to hear, you know. Then the Lord made a way. A guy came rolling out with like two big speakers on a, like a, a, a cart and a little bit of wire. They didn't have wireless, so, you know, I like to walk around, so that was a little tough. But uh, uh, the Lord moved. I led a guy to the Lord, and, <clears throat> and I believe he sent me there for the one. Thank God he leaves the 99 and goes after the one. Amen. So my title today is Nothing Impossible for God. And I just want to encourage you, and after you hear this story, if, you're not, if you don't believe that, or if you have any doubt in that, I guarantee, I am so confident by the time I'm done, you're going to believe it. And it's not anything I did, but it's everything that he did. So um, Luke 18.27 says, but he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And I'm just going to read that one more time, and I'm going to try to slow down so you could digest it. Do you ever eat real quick, and you're not satisfied? You know, you eat your food, and I'm, I've been told since I was a little kid, slow down, count your chews. Anybody else ever been told that? So when the Lord's speaking, he's trying to feed his people, i got to slow down so you could be fed spiritually. But I get pumped up when Jesus moves because I know when he moves, things change. So I'm going to read that again. Luke 18, 27 says, What is impossible with man is possible with God. And I just want everyone to take a moment and just think of an impossible situation that's going on maybe in your life, a family member's life, someone you care about, maybe a friend, that the father of lies who we know goes around like a, roar, like a roaring lion, seeing whom he may devour because he's a designer imposter. You know, Jesus Christ is the lion of Judah. He's the real lion. So I'm sure the lie has been put in people's minds some point this week. So think about that impossible situation. If you could think about that during the time 
of this service, and hopefully if we got some time at the end, we'll take a moment to pray about those impossible situations. So I'm going to share an impossible situation that happened in the Bible. Point one, impossible situation. Acts 16, 16 through 24, as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl, excuse me, who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us crying out, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And she kept on doing for many days. Paul had become greatly annoyed. See, that makes me very happy. I got to pause there. This is not even part of the teaching. But Paul got greatly annoyed, so we're able to get greatly annoyed. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we don't have to be superhuman, but we got the super one in us that can help us get through it, right? So Paul got greatly annoyed. Man, imagine that someone walking past you and just kept on repeating themselves and repeating yourselves. Now, I've been around some annoying things, and I've been quite annoying in my past, but I couldn't imagine that. So, you know, this, 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 it kept on annoying him. I lost my spot, but praise God, we'll find it. And Paul had become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. And I command anything unholy in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and Murray County to get out. Amen? Hey, I just felt led, so I just went with it. Is that all right? But when her owners saw that her hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged him into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments off them, gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So just a couple things I want to touch there. Picture this. It wasn't one, it wasn't two, it was a crowd. A whole bunch of people. Modern-day vernacular, all right? A whole, whole, whole bunch of people, they all get in on it. And they're, they're not only just probably punching them and hitting them, they got rods and they're beating them and craziness. They probably, Paul and Silas probably falling to the ground. They probably got someone picking them up. You ever seen a movie and hitting them again and dropping them on the ground? Picture how crazy this would be. I don't know about all y'all. I got that from down here. If you couldn't tell from my accent, I'm from New Jersey. But... So picture that. I wouldn't be in a good mood after that. Anybody else here? I'd be a little painful. I'd be a lot painful. I'd be really upset. I'd be really angry. I had a lot of unforgiveness in my heart, some bitterness too. I'm just being transparent here. That, that'd be a kind of a hard thing to shake off. 
So they're, they're there, and they're getting beat down, and they need, then it, you know, then they get thrown into the inner prison, not just a regular prison, the inner prison. Wikipedia said stocks are restraining devices that were used as a form of corporal punishment and public humiliation. So it was intended to humiliate them, it was intended to hurt them. The stocks, the pillory, and pranger each consist of large wooden boards with hinges. However, the stocks are distinguished by restraining one's feet. Listen to this, this is wild. The stocks consist of placing boards around the ankles and wrists. So not only were they beat up and beat down and beat around and beat all over the place, but now they're putting this, I don't even know what to call it, this thing, and they're all strapped up. I think the people were a little afraid of them. Because why would you need so many people and then put them in a prison, then put them in the stocks, and then the pillar boards are fixed to a pole placed around the arms and neck, forcing the punch to stand. Some consider the stocks an example of torture and cruel and unusual punishment. Victims may be insulted, kicked, tickled, spat on, or subject to other inhumane acts. And once again, they were beaten with rods. So that's an impossible situation. There, Obviously, we, you know, I'll get into the rest of what happens in the scripture, but I'm going to share with you another impossible situation. So I told you, you know, the title of the world gets me, but really, that don't mean nothing. That just came with the calling. I'm a child of God. That's all that matters. I'm a servant of the Most High. But before that, I was a strung out junkie. I was a heroin addict. Smoking crack, doing Molly, eating Adderall, chopping Xanax, shooting steroids. What, you want me to keep going? I'll keep going. I got no shame because this glorifies God. As sometimes I was smoking anywhere from two packs of cigarettes to six packs of cigarettes a day. Um, my identity was in what people said about me, how much things I had, and how much money I made. And don't you know, when all that's gone, I had no identity. So I, I was living that life. I was really, really strung out. And I, you know, and I tried every which possible way to get free. Every which way. There's many alternatives. I tried meetings. I tried methadone, suboxone, chemical alternatives, get off the heroin. I tried getting drunk to forget about it. I tried, like I said, smoke crack cocaine, tried doing other drugs to forget about it and come off of it. I tried committing myself to a hospital. That didn't work. I tried quitting cold turkey on my own strength. That didn't work. I tried exercising to forget about it. That didn't work. You know, the Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. Not who Gene sets free. 
Not who chemicals set free, not who my thoughts set free, not who meetings set free, not who programs set free, not who my ideas set free, but who the sun sets free is free indeed. Now it's my choice if I stay free. He gives me tools and it's up to me with his strength to implement those tools that go forth. That's why it's so important to get discipled and to do what God calls you to do. Uh, get involved with church and get involved with groups and different things the church is doing because that equips us and gives us more tools in our belt to stay free. So go on, I just want to throw that side piece. And so I'm living that life and I'm trying to figure out every which way to get out of that life. And uh, it was just really, really, really bad. I remember being so sick, they call it dope sick. And pe people ask, well, how bad is it? Well, I would say, what I used to say, it was like a, it was a hundred times worse than the flu. I mean, it attacks you mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I mean, it's really bad. I remember one time I'm laying on my friend's couch and the devil actually manifested. We just got done watching a horror movie. Don't watch those. They're bad. Open up gateways. If you want problems, watch that. <laughs> so then we're watching a horror movie and, uh, he went outside, I went outside, and I came back in, and he was walking his dog, and I'm laying on the couch, and we're both drug addicts, and uh, I'm laying there with the hoodie over my head, and I guess the devil thought I was sleeping. He walked by, and the devil manifested through this guy. He revealed himself, and he goes, your soul is mine. Imagine that. And I remember laying there all strung out, God, I'm just going to pretend like I'm sleeping. <laughs> what is going on? And even when I was outside in my mess, I remember being outside, and I felt like something was there. Something was moving in the darkness. Something was always trying to come. The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal our hope. He wants to steal our joy, especially believers. He wants to steal your joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And if he steals that, we have no strength. He wants to steal our gratitude. If we're not thankful, then we know what happens. We take our eyes off of Jesus. But when we praise, when we worship, when we're singing to the Lord, I don't know about you, but I, I start thinking about all he's done for me how much he loves me, how he died on the cross for me, all the blood he shed, and now I'm covered and cleansed with that blood. Come on, somebody. That's good news. I got the protection of the blood. You got the protection of the blood. Nothing can get through that bloodline. But if I mess up, I got to be quick to repent. Like in 1 John 1, 9 says, ask him to forgive me for my sins. You know, cover and cleanse me with the blood of Jesus and get back and right standing with him. Thank God for that. But before any of that, before I was born again, I didn't have the protection. I didn't have the blood. I didn't have the promises. Once again, I was a strung out drug addict, devils manifesting. What a mess. I ended up on the street with nothing, nowhere to go, surrounded by a bunch of people who act like they care, but they didn't care. And they were just trying to install fear to tear me away and tear me apart and bring me to what the enemy wanted to do to me. An impossible situation. I had a cousin who well, I say I was semi-close to, and 
one night or day, I don't know what it was, excuse me, and he was partying with some people, they were doing drugs, and as the story goes, he, uh, he started overdosing, and they didn't want to call the ambulance, they didn't want to help him, and because they figured if they called 911, they're going to get in trouble. So he ends up dying. I have another cousin who was into that lifestyle, and he was killed in a drive-by shooting, murdered, cold blood. Enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So I'm living that life. I'm seeing all these things happen. I'm seeing people die all in front of me. But, you know, deception's strong. The lies of the enemy are strong. We need something stronger. You know, Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the enemy. Amen. Greater is he who lives in me than he who lives in the world. That's good news. In order to have those benefits, I need to get born again. I need to be bought with that blood. I need the protection of the blood. So all these horrible things are happening, and I keep living that lifestyle. And I keep living that lifestyle. I was just talking to a couple ministers during the week. It's funny, I said, you know, because the Lord's given me a vision for Adult and Teen Challenge Murfreesboro. And I said, listen, I'm not going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting the same results. That's the definition of insanity. I did that when I was an addict, and I'm not doing that with ministry. And, you know, the devil tries to keep us in the same vicious cycle and tries to make me think that I'm going to get somewhere different or something's going to change or something's going to happen because he wants to keep me where he wants to keep me instead of me getting where God wants me to get. So... That was an impossible situation. I remember one time, I'm just, these stories are coming to my head and I feel led to share it. I was so strung out on heroin and I had, had about $6, something like that, don't quote me. And I mean, it was bad. It was like I was walking down the street and like I was like trying to carry myself, like trying to just make it just to function, barely could walk a block, just tore up from the inside out. And I remember being on the phone with my mother. Ah, <laughs> it was bad. I think I could laugh about it now, but it was no laughing matter about back then. I just look at it, because I look at that, I look in the mirror, and I don't see that guy. He's dead. The old is gone, the new is here. I'm a new creation. So... And I remember talking to my mother. I said, ah, I got about six-something dollars. I don't know what to do. I'm either going to buy something to eat, buy a bag of dope, meaning heroin, or a, ba or a pack of cigarettes. What a horrible, horrible way to live. But there was no way out for me. I kept on turning to all these different ways that media and people suggested to get free. Once again, the scripture says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. It says, with God, all things are impossible. He makes the impossible possible. Nothing else. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Point two. The impossible made possible. Now, that was the sad story. Now, I'm getting to the good stuff. 
So Acts 16, 25 through 26, this is about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. Come on, people. I don't know about all y'all. I'll say it again. But I would not be praying and singing hymns if I just got beat with rods by a crowd of people putting stocks. Come on. Can I be honest? And I give you a whole lot of credit if you would be. <laughs> I've been through some tough situations walking with the Lord. And not, not even remotely close to what they went through. And I'm like, Lord, I just don't feel like it today. I get a witness. In Hebrews, it says, offer up a sacrifice of praise. I offered up plenty of those before. Ugh, Lord, you got to help me. You better give me anointing to praise you this day because I ain't feeling it. But I thank God for that because he wants us to push through. And he gives us what we need to do that. So they were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Don't you know, when we're singing and we're praising God, you know, and the scripture says, don't just be hearers of the words, but be doers of the, of the word. The only way we could do that is with the word doing it in us. Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word still becomes flesh and dwells among us. And the only way we could do the word is by the word doing it in us, through us, for us, by us. And then people will see. They will listen. They will hear. And they'll be like, how in the world? What is going on? And they'll be hungry for what we have. Because you see, the world and me, when I was a drug addict, I tried every which way to have peace. That was my main objective. That was my main goal, which was to get away from all the anxiety, all the worry, the fear, the torment and thoughts from my past. And I was running to everything but God. And I thought, that those things would give me peace. But they were making, breaking me into pieces. It was a false peace. It was a deceptive peace. And it kept me unfulfilled, unfilled. Jesus came. He says in the scripture, I don't remember where it's at in the Bible, somewhere in there. But he said, he came to give us peace. He gives us the peace that surpasses all understanding, real peace that doesn't leave us in pieces. So they were praying and singing hymns, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly the prisoners were listening. How many people are held in bonds right now, spiritual? They're captive, and they're going to be listening to us, church. They're going to be watching us. The Asbury Revival, people are watching. People's eyes are attentive. Think what just happened the past couple of years with COVID and all the stuff that's happening in the world. They're looking for something. They need something that's going to free them, that's going to help them, that's going to give them peace. You know, I, I consider myself back then, you hear, oh, well, that person's spiritual. <laughs> All right. Well, you could be demonically spiritual, too. <laughs> what kind of spirit are you working with? <laughs> the Bible says, test the spirits. I was a spiritual person, too. I have someone who's been praying for me for over 21 years. Bless her heart, Marie, she's 81 years old. I probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the power of God moving through her. And i never forget, I think it was like 1920, and I, and I went and met with her. And she, you know, I decided to get some counsel, right? 
And uh, I believed in the devil. I believed in Jesus back then. You know, I was a fan of Jesus, but I was a follower of him. The thought of him was nice, but me laying down my life for him, I could never do that. I wanted one foot in, one foot out. It was like a dance. <laughs> Turn yourself around. No, that's a different song. I was on the fence, but I want, the, I, want the, I want that sin lifestyle. And I figured, well, I just call on Jesus when I need him. But this woman, Marie, she's praying for me, praying for me, praying for me. And then I ended up in her home, and she's counseling me. She's a retired pastor now. She goes, Gene, you know, there's a real realm and there's a spiritual realm. And I looked at her, and I said, listen. I have a hard enough time with the, real, with the natural realm. I said, I don't want to have nothing to do with the spiritual realm. I thought if I left it alone, it would leave me alone. See the lie of the devil? It don't work that way. Once again, he comes to still kill and destroy. And he's not no respecter of persons either. He's, got, he's after everybody. So the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened and every bonds were fastened. But before the, the foundations of the prison were shaken, there was something they needed to do. They prayed and sing, no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, no matter the problem, no matter the anxiety, no matter the fear, no matter the sickness, no matter the disease, no matter the drug addiction, no matter the habit, no matter the problem. They were praying and singing hymns. They were going to the only one that they knew that could set them free. And I guarantee the reason why Paul was singing and praising the Lord because he knows who he serves. He know whom he believed. Come on, somebody. Think about that. He was knocked off his high horse. He, he experienced the light of Jesus. Picture the power that he experienced. That's why it's so important. That's why I love about Adult and Team Challenge. People get to encounter the living God. That's what changes somebody. I was singing a song the other day, and in the song he was saying, I just don't want to know about you. I just don't want to know about him. I want to hang out with him. I want to be with him. I want to be in his presence where there's fullness of joy. I want to encounter the living God. The woman with the issue of the blood in the Bible, she was in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. She went after him, no matter her situation, no matter her problem, no matter what she was going through for years. And I know at times, church, get you me. Sometimes it's easier said than done. I've been there, got that, got the T-shirt, been there plenty of times. But then I sit there and say, Lord... Please. And I'm honest with him. I said, don't let me forget as I'm praying to him where you brought me from. Not that I want to wallow in it, but I want to rejoice in it. And I couldn't tell you how many times. I remember one time I woke up in the morning. Ugh, here we go again, routine. Ugh, I got to deal with these, some of these annoying people today. Some I just don't want to deal with. If I'm being too transparent, just let me know. I'll dial it down. And, uh, and I just wasn't feeling it. And I, I remember going to my bathroom. And the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. And he says to and he just, he just gripped me. And I heard him. It was like a whisper in the wind. And he's like, remember. All of a sudden, a glimpse came upon me of what he took me from. 
church, can I tell you, I hunched over that sink and I just started weeping. I couldn't even contain myself. But it wasn't because I was sad. It wasn't sorrow. It was the joy of the Lord. And I'm like, man, I couldn't even contain it. And whoop, I had pep in my step and ready to go. And this is the benefits of the blood. But I'm going, so impossible made possible. None of that stuff was part of the plan here. But I'm just trying to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to tell you how I got delivered, if that's okay. Anybody curious? All right. So, like I said, I ended up on the street. Toxic relationships, hanging out with a bunch of people who didn't, who didn't care about me at all. And then I finally ended up in a hotel in New Jersey, and it was called Wankies. Even that name's just it's weird. And I used to drive past that and say, picture that. You couldn't pay me to live there. You know, in the past, I used to look at the people because my, my mentor said I saw me at my worst. It used to be pride personified. <laughs> I used to drive past there and be like, look at those people. Outcast losers. I'll never be like that. Ugh. That's just how I was. I don't even think the word compassion was in my vocabulary back then. I don't even think I knew what it meant. So I ended up there. God has a fun, funny way of humbling somebody. I had nowhere else to go, nowhere else to live. The state put me up. I had, to, I had to live somewhere. So I'm in this hotel room. And I think I was there approximately two weeks. Don't quote me. It was a long time ago. And I, I'm pacing back and forth, coming off of a bunch of drugs, hungry, alone, depressed, full of shame, guilt, resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness. Oh, the list goes on and on pacing back and forth saying, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with myself. And I'm pacing. And I'm pacing. And then that same person who, who I said was praying for me, is a retired pastor, by the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit, she once told me, if you get serious with God, he'll get serious with you. Thank God for people who tell us things in the love of God. Sometimes it's not in the right time, and I would sometimes want it at a different time. <laughs> but thank God they're obedient and tell us things, even when we don't want to hear it, even when it hurts, even when it hurts my pride. Thank God. So told me that, and that was imprinted on my heart. So I'm pacing back in this hotel room, and I'm saying, well, I could call this person. I called, no, 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 I can't, I can't, because I'll just end up worse than I was, and there was that fight going on in the inside, and I was getting pulled back and forth. I, I want to be free, but I wanted that life. I want to be free, but I want that life. I want to be free, but I want that life. Can't have both. And I'm feeling led to say this, so I'm going to say, and I, and I feel there's someone here today, you got to make that choice. If you want true freedom or you want false freedom, some things need to be laid down so he could pick them up. If we hold on to them, he gives us free will. And he ain't going to fight us for it. We got to lay it down so he could pick it up. He died for it, so just give it to him. So, pacing back and forth. And I said, all right, God, that's it. Threw my hands up. Let me hold the button. I said, I surrender all. 
Thank God for 10 times I went to church growing up, something like that. I said, let thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Now, I didn't even know what that scripture meant at that time, but it came to me, so I was like, I'm just going with it. (laughs) I fell to the ground, and I started crying and crying and crying and crying and crying. True repentance. I meant it. I meant every bit of it. That was it. I was done, and I knew there was no way I was getting out of that lifestyle. I knew that there was no way I was getting free. I knew at that moment that there was only one. So I'm crying. You think that you get set free like that, and it was all done, and it's all great and wonderful. (laughs) But the devil didn't want to lose his son. He put a lot of training into me. He did a lot of things. And I had a lot of his spirits in me. And he didn't want to let go. So the war began. So I'm in this hotel room. And I'm trying the best way I know. I didn't even know what it meant to be a disciple back then. I didn't even know what discipleship was. I didn't know what the word boundary was. I didn't know what humility was. I didn't know what the word humble meant. I didn't know the true definition of pride. Picture this. So I'm sitting there, I'm watching TBN, Daystar, you know, all those different channels. And uh, I'm trying to, back then I didn't know about false prophets and false teachers. So I'm just watching everything. And don't get me wrong, good stuff goes on those things, but some bad stuff goes on too. So, you know, and I'm just trying to absorb everything because I'm hungry. I'm hungry and I'm seeking and I'm trying to figure out what to do and what not to do on my own strength. Isolation equals destruction. Lone star mentality It's not the morning star's mentality. We know who the morning star is. Jesus, our hope of glory. So, so you know, I'm in that hotel room, and I got sick of watching TV. It just all didn't make sense to me. I'm just fed up. And keep in mind, I'm still coming off of drugs from years and years and years of abuse. Mental disorders, who knows what I had. I had all kinds of stuff going on. So, and I'm all by myself. Well, so I thought in this room. So I, I go, and I, I'm trying to read the Bible. And I go, and it was, it was like, an, I guess you would call it like an efficiency. You walk in, you had a little itty-bitty tiny living room that was a kitchen too, and then you had a little bedroom. So I'm in there, and I, I'm trying to read the Bible, And it's like, there was like a blur over it. And it kept shifting. Kept on going like this. And I couldn't read the word. Imagine that. But I actually forgot. Before that, I actually, me and someone I knew, put our hands on that same Bible, made an oath, which that person was into a lot of satanic stuff. And I... Something was happening where I couldn't read it. So I couldn't read the Bible. And I'm in this room. Now I'm trying, forgive me, I'm going to try to tell this story as best possible as I remember. In order, maybe out of order. But thank God he puts everything in order. So, so I'm in this hotel room. 
And I'm trying to read this Bible. It's not working. And like I said, I'm coming off the nicotine, the food, the drugs, and I really feel like garbage. And all of a sudden, all the windows are shut. The air conditioning's off. It's, it's right around summertime, the wind comes whipping through. A wind in this room, out of nowhere, by itself. And at the time, I had, it was like a, it was like a cross, and it was one of those things you put on a table. And the wind came in and knocked it down. So then I, I picked it up, and on the back, there was a thing where you could hang it up on the wall. So I went, I picked it up, and I hung it up on the wall, and the wind came and knocked it down again. And then I heard a voice. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not have any graven images before me. And a couple of thou shalt not. At the time, I thought it was the Lord. But, you know, once again, I know now it wasn't. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a designer imposter. You know, he tries to pretend he's God at times. He, he, he goes around like a roaring lion. So I fall to my knees. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm petrified, right? And I'm like trembling. And I feel like garbage. Wow, this is really good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm like seeing myself there. Thank you, Lord. And, and I remember how pale and how nasty I was. And I'm like, oh, God. So I go, I, I, I sit on the bed and I'm just petrified. And I hear a voice in the room with me. It was really evil. And he said, you don't look so good. I'm like, all right, <laughs> what's going on here? And then I heard another voice, and it was real evil, and it was like, master, really satanic. Like, these things were like coming alive in my, where I was at. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, my God. All of a sudden, something grips my throat and starts choking me. And I couldn't, I was losing breath, I couldn't breathe. And it was choking me. And it was choking me. And I'm gasping for air. And then I heard that same voice. And I said, you don't even know his name. Taunting me. And I know what he was getting at. He was talking about Jesus. So then I said, with a gasp of air, I said, Jesus. All of a sudden, there was a release. And I was able to breathe again. Thank God for the name of Jesus. Thank God the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they're safe. Jesus, I just pray right now as I'm feeling led, Father. Right now, Father. Father, release us from whatever you need to release us from right now in this place. And help us not to give place to the enemy, but to overflow with your abundant grace. In Jesus' name, amen. So then, you'd think it would be done with all that. <laughs> we're, we're still going. So, so then, you want me to stop or you want me to keep going? All right, all right, all right. So then, I'm in, I'm in this, this hotel room, and I'm like, oh, my God. What am I going to do? So then I hear another voice, and it tells me if I serve God, that 
my mom's going to die, and that pastor I told you guys about is going to die in about seven days. So then I crack open the Bible again, and I'm trying to, oh, I'm trying my hardest. Trying to read the Bible. You better believe I appreciate the Bible now. So I'm trying to read the Bible, and it all of a sudden it turns into an application when I'm reading. And it's telling me all these requirements to be a Christian. I didn't know about it. Jesus took it all on the cross. I didn't know the scriptures said, be of good share, because I have overcome the world. In this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good share. To overcome the world. I didn't know I could walk in his victory. I didn't know none of that. Imagine that. Never disciple, never trained, trained in wickedness. Excuse me, I was trained. So I'm trying to read and I can't read and oh, I'm like, oh my God, what is going on here? So again, more scared, more scared. I'm sweating profusely. I'm going through it really bad. All of a sudden, I get this surge of fleshly boldness in me. I don't think it was holy boldness. And I threw my hands up, and I ran to the window, and I said to the devil, show me your worst, and I'll show you mine. Big mistake. It's not a battle of flesh and blood. It's a battle of the unseen realm, powers and principalities and high places. We only overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We can only defeat him through God's power, not on our own strength. But I didn't know none of that. I didn't know I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I didn't know that. I didn't know I was more than a conqueror through Christ. I didn't know none of that. So then things really got turned up. The room started shifting. I remember pacing back and forth. I heard other people sound like it was outside of my door. They were taunting me and calling me names. Two men showed up at the wind window with lights and thank God I knew about Jesus because I'd probably be still in the insane asylum. All kinds of stuff was happening. I mean, the, my whole life was spinning upside down. Crazy things were happening. And then I'm back on the bed. And I'm trying to fall asleep and I couldn't fall asleep. And then I heard that voice again. Can't sleep. Well, that's a curse. Unless you take something. Talk about torment. I had Xanax in my pocket. And don't get me wrong, some people prescribe medication, they really do need it. So I'm not saying that, so don't, please, don't take this the wrong way. But I had Xanax in my pocket, and all of a sudden, I feel something moving in my pocket in the pill bottle. What is going on? After I heard that voice, I look at the pills, and one by one, they're going to the top and coming to the bottom like popcorn, moving by themselves. After everything that just happened, picture this. So I'm like, forget this. I ran out of the room. I ran to where the TV was. I threw that. I had like other pills, Adderall. I threw them behind the TV. I'm like, no, I'm not taking none of it. I was determined. I said, you know what? I'd rather suffer and not sleep and not do what I'm not supposed to do than be where I'm not supposed to be that's been destroying me. So then, put on the TV, 
and there's this pastor at the pulpit. And at the time, I lived at the Jersey Shore, and he's talking about going to the beach and drinking Coronas. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? You know, the Bible says the, the enemy is the prince of the power of the air, but I'm telling you, church, he was really controlling the TV. He was controlling a lot of things that night. So then I turn the TV off. I, I, I go back in the room. I feel like my heart's exploding. I had this shooting pain in my chest. I mean, extremely bad. I felt like someone just stuck their hand in there, and they were taking it and trying to rip it. And then I had shooting pain down my arms and stabbing pains in my hand. I believe I was having a heart attack. Thank God for Grandma. She told me years ago, call in the name of Jesus. She even told me, if you're in a dream, you can't say him. Think his name. Think about him. So I go on the bed. Jesus. I threw my hands up again. I just had like a determination, no matter what. I guess that was my act of surrender. Mom laying up against the bed. Shoulders are starting to hurt. My hands are starting to hurt. But I didn't care. I fell asleep. I don't remember how I fell asleep. I woke up the next day. Things were different, a lot different. You know that, what's that song? When he walks into the room, things start to change. I got serious with God, I got serious with me. He said, I'm going to send my son to you again so you could become a son. So Jesus came in the room, cleaned it all out. And the Bible talks about a strong man, but there's one stronger. So uh, I wake up, I'm like, there's like this presence I never experienced before. I'm like, well, I'm not on nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? I had a peace I never known before. There was even a fragrance in the room. And I thought it was like the air freshener or the potpourri. So I had like them plug-ins and I'm looking and it was totally dried out. Then I had one of the ones that, you know, you pull up, you push down, pull up. Totally dried out. I'm like, I'm sitting in the bed. You know, Paul talks about, you know, he had scales fall from his eyes. Now, I don't have, I have, to be honest with you, I have no clue what it was and what it was about still to this day. Maybe I'll know one day in glory, but I'm sitting there on the bed, and all of a sudden, something falls from my face, and it just dissipated in the air. I believe that's when I got born again. The Bible says no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born again. Only way to the Father is through the Son. So I called up that pastor. And I said, I gave my heart to God. The pastor said, in the love of God, <laughs> in the nicest possible way, Gene, you've done that before. I said, no, 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 no. You, <laughs> you don't understand. Something happened this time. Something happened. That's what I'm talking about, encountering. I encourage you, church, to pray to encounter the Savior. Yes, we're supposed to learn about him. Yes, we're supposed to read about him. Yes, we're supposed to know about him. 
So we get to know his character, his attributes, and we really get to know who he is. But the Holy Spirit needs to blow on that, and he's illuminated it to us. We need to get revelation. You know all that. I'm telling you everything you already know. But we need to encounter him because that's when things really change. That's when we get healed. That's when we get delivered. He, he needs to manifest. Father, Jesus, Master, manifest in this church. Manifest in Tennessee like never before, and let your light shine. And I thank you for that. Amen. So then, so now I'm like telling the pastor, she said, well, Gene, I'm going to pray, you pray, and I'll get back to you. Oh, okay, okay. She gets back to me, maybe day two or so. She goes, do you know what Teen Challenge is? I said, no. I think I'm getting ahead of myself here, but that's all right. She said, I don't either. But that's where God wants you to go. So I called up Teen Challenge, and it was on a Sunday, and I didn't know they did church services and all that, but I was determined. I got free. I want to stay free. Whose son sets free is free indeed, but now I gotta get disciple. Now I gotta get trained. Now he has to grow in me. I gotta get more Christ in me. The hope of glory, Ephesians talks about till we come into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Stature is when he grows in us. I need more of Jesus in me. Because the more of Jesus I have in me, more I'm not gonna wanna do what I wanna do, but I'm gonna do what he wants to do. Paul talked about it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's what it's about. You hear people say, oh, this Christian walk is so hard. Well, are you trying to do it on your own strength? Of course it's going to be hard. But you do it with his glory and his power and his might. Then it gets easy. Yes, we're going to have our moments because we go from glory to glory, faith to faith. We're dying to the flesh. That's uncomfortable. It hurts. Death don't feel good, but it's worth it. So, I went to Teen Challenge. Well, before I went to Teen Challenge, I, I, uh, I had to come off of cigarettes. Thank you, Lord. I almost forgot to share. This is really awesome what happened here. And because uh, you can't smoke cigarettes in Teen Challenge. Now it's adult in Teen Challenge, but at the time it was just for teens. And it's for men 18 and up, the majority of them. I just want to explain that. It's a year long discipleship program. Um, where the power of God really moves. So then, uh, you know, I, before I went to Teen Challenge, I'm like, man, I got to quit smoking cigarettes. So this one day came where I was going crazy. I smoked one cigarette, man, and I'm going, I couldn't find him, and the devil was manifesting again. He was taunting me, manifest through a guy, and I believe I actually saw in the spiritual realm. A guy put, like, cigarettes on a windowsill, and I thought about stealing them, and I saw the evil in his eyes, but I ran from it. The Lord makes a way of escape for temptation. It says it in the word. For every temptation, there's a way of escape, and he helps us to escape. So I ran from it. I tried every which way to get cigarette, make a short story long. I went back to the hotel room, being full of shame, being full of guilt, coming off the drugs. Thank God for that person who was in my life and that cared about me, told me the best prayer you could pray is help. Say help. You don't have to be mustered up, these fancy words just cry out help from your heart and watch your heart get set free so I, I come back in the hotel room and I'm besides myself now I don't recommend this part church 
but there was like a solid oak wooden table from like the 70s. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I grabbed the table. And I started banging my head on the table. I was beside myself. And I said to God, you've got to take this from me. I felt a heat across my forehead. I never smoked a cigarette again. I was miraculously set free. Psalms 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him out of them all. Affliction, something that makes you suffer. Suffer, experience, or be subjected to something, something bad or unpleasant. Psalms 3, 4, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Psalms 37, 5, I have been young, and now I am old, and yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. So, I'll never forget, I was on a train going to Teen Challenge. That pastor took me to the train. No money, dirty bag of laundry. And them intercessors, I was so angry because I was getting welfare at the time. And they were all praying against me getting my money because they knew what I'd do if I got it. <laughs> I got my food stamps, but I didn't get my money. Oh, Lord, don't let him get it because you'll know what he'll do <laughs> But I thank God now when I think about that stuff. Now I pray for that too. I pray like that at times for people. Once an ancestor prayed, Lord, something like, if he tries getting high, don't let him enjoy it. Da, 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 da. And I remember when I was in my mess, I was like, man, I just don't like this anymore. I feel disgusted. My skin's crawling. I don't know what's going on. And I found out years later they were praying. So I'm on the, on the train on the way to Teen Challenge. My mom calls. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to follow Jesus. She gets real quiet. We get off the phone. She calls up pastor. She says, I don't know what type of drugs he's on now. <laughs> but he said he's going to follow Jesus. Mom, if you had the type of encounter I had, <laughs> you followed Jesus too. So I went through the program. It was one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. Now I'm learning. Remember earlier I said I didn't know what pride was. I didn't know what boundaries were. I didn't know what humility was. I didn't know what true love was. I, I, I thought love was the things the world told me that love was, the things you see on billboards or on TV or on movies, the lie of the devil, because he knows when people try to attain those things and they just get upset because it's not real. That's not love. So going through Teen Challenge, I'm memorize, trying to memorize scriptures, and my hand's hurting because I'm writing it so many times, and my brain's so fried, my memory's so bad, everything's such a mess. But still, the Father and his love would reveal himself to me in little ways. He'd put people in front of me to, test, to testify about his mercy and his grace and about his power, and he's still the God of miracles. He's still the God who sets the captives free. He's still the God who heals diseases. The blood still works. Some people tend to forget that. They get so wrapped in their circumstances, so wrapped. I heard Pastor Stephen Burke one time saying, he was praying. He said, Lord, 
I'm reminding you, he's like, I'm praying these things, and he's talking about the goodness of God, and he's quoting scripture, whatever he was saying. And he said, and pretty much he was saying that he wasn't doing it to remind God of who he is. God knows who he is, but to remind himself. David said he'd encouraged himself in the Lord. It's very important to do all these things. So in Teen Challenge, you learn these things. You learn the importance of worship. You learn the importance of praise. You learn how praise is our weapon. Learn the scriptures. We get them in our hearts. So when something bad comes up, it starts welling up in front of us. There was times being in Teen Challenge where I was acting out the scripture, and even though it was the scripture, I was acting out. I was living in my life. Why? Because the word was working in me. It was amazing. Do I still got problems? Do I still get tempted? Of course. But now I know what to do, but now it's my choice if I do it or if I don't. And there's plenty of times I don't want to do it. Just being honest. And then I tell the Lord I'm honest with him because he knows my thoughts, thoughts from afar off. He knows the hairs that are numbered in my head. So there's no sense of lying or trying to hide it from God where he's everywhere at once. He's all-known, all-powerful, and knows everything that's going on. So what's the point of me trying to lie to him or try to hide it because he already knows? So I might as well just ask him for help and tell him what's going on. And I learned these things in Teen Challenge. In Teen Challenge, you encounter the power and presence of God. And if you don't hold on close to his arm, you're not going to make it. We had guys, this is after, so I went through the program, I graduated, I went to in New Jersey, then God led me to Brooklyn Teen Challenge, the original Teen Challenge where I started going to school to be a credentialed minister. I was always told that I was going to be a pastor, and I Kept on running for it, from it, but God kept on running after me. And uh, then I went to school of ministry there. God led me to Memphis after encounter God plenty of times. I remember the first time I really, really preached. They said that I was going to speak at a chapel service, and they want me. It wasn't like this, but it was like a devotion type of thing. I'm like, I have nothing prepared. You know, I've been working a lot. I'm walking with a cane at this time. I'm all beat up, and they're just like, well, Pretty much you got to do it. All right. And I knew it was the Lord because he wanted to, well, excuse me, at the time I didn't know, but now I know because he wanted me to encounter how strong he really is. So I'll never forget, someone prayed with me over the phone, that same pastor, and then I think I got, and I don't recommend this either, but I got a definition for peace and a couple scriptures, and that's it. I had limited time. I remember going to the altar with my cane at the time and putting it on the altar, and I just prayed, and the power of God just rushed on me. And he exploded out of me. And he was doing things. I remember at the end, then the girl goes, can I get a copy of your teaching? I gave her it, not even thinking. There was really nothing on it. Because <laughs> the teacher don't need me to teach, because he's always been the teacher. But it's still my job to be prepared. I didn't know that back then. But I encountered his power, his presence, and what he was able to do. And then I came to Memphis Teen Challenge where I was direct care staff and lived on campus for a series of years. And once again, just seeing God's hand at work, um, continued going to school. And then I went to Clarksville Dalton Teen Challenge where I was the campus reverend and the educational coordinator and um, just helping the men living there. Uh, chapel service, one guy, he had scoliosis. Another guy's hands were shaking so bad. There was a Teen Challenge graduate there and his wife, who was pastors, they laid hands on him. He was miraculously healed. This is the God we serve. (laughs) 
Now I'm the outreach director for Heartland Adult and Teen Challenge, like I mentioned earlier. It's, we have locations in Memphis, Clarksville, Murfreesboro, and after being in Clarksville, help opening up that campus and running around with my head cut off like a chicken and starting stuff from scratch and trying to connect with people, me and the directors there were laughing. I said, I sure never want to do this again. And God takes me to Murfreesboro and so says, guess what? Doing it again. So now I'm in Murfreesboro. I'm an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God. And I don't say this to glorify me, but to give glorify to the one who set me free. Acts 16, 27, I'm wrapping up because I know I'm going long, but I just really felt led to share some of this. It says, when the jailer woke up and he saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And, this, and the jailer called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear and fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And then they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Many people are going to see what God has done with us, what I was talking about before, and they're going to say, What must I do to be saved? And we got to lead them in a way. Point three, we have so much to, be th to thank the Father for. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There were plenty of times where I didn't want to give thanks. I, not too long ago, two weeks ago, I probably was giving thanks for like eight minutes straight in my car. Lord, nothing was happening. It doesn't, it doesn't, always, it doesn't go by the way I feel or the situation. He still moves even when, he don't even, even when it don't even feel like he's moving. Psalms 18.6 says, In my distress I called upon the Lord. To my God I cried for help from his temple. He heard my voice and he reached his ear. Psalms 15.15, 15, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. That's what's happening now. I called out to him in that hotel. I called out to him when I was trying to get off the nicotine. I called out to him. I continue to call out of him. Call out to him in trouble, difficulties, or problems. What I'm going through, and I call out to him even when I don't want to call out to him. Sometimes those thoughts will come in my mind. They'll try to consume me and say, aren't you sick of praying? Aren't you sick of calling out? Aren't you sick of why are you even bothered? Why do you even try? Nothing's happening yet. Aren't you sick of praying that same prayer? Why don't you just stop? But we got to keep on pressing on, pressing on, so we'll win. Proverbs 18 says, that The name of the Lord, once again, is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and saves. Psalms 18, too. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, whom I take refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation. Psalms 24, 8. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. You know, I thought I knew what mighty meant, but I looked it up. I said extremely strong. Uh, he hasn't lost a battle yet, like Pastor was saying. He's, not, he's undefeated. He'll never lose. If we're on his team, we're victorious. Psalms 40, 2 through 3, said he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock. And he established my goings. 
He's doing that now. I was in a horrible pit, a spiritual pit that I couldn't get out of. I'm word pit, Pastor. The word pit, pit, pit kept on coming to me. I called up Pastor. I said, I keep hearing this word pit. Pastor, you're in a pit. <laughs> this woman's crazy. I'm sitting in a hotel. What does she mean I'm in a pit? Now I know. And she prayed, and the Lord moved. She started speaking in tongues. I'm like, man, I don't even know what's going on here, but I'm just going to roll with it. And he shall put a new song in my mouth and even praise unto our God. Many shall see and shall fear and trust in the Lord. Just like that jailer, he saw, he feared, and he trusted the Lord. He said, man, I don't want no part of what's going on. I want to be on this team. I want to be with the God who sets the captive free, who opens the prison doors, who does things that no one else can do. The God who slays the giant, the God who separates the war, the God who's with you in the fire. Who doesn't get hurt? The God who is with Joseph in the pit, and look at everything he brought him through. The God who is able. Psalms 28 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiced, and with my song will I praise him. You know, in the Bible, it talks about David. He started dancing, and he started getting down for Jesus. And who was it? His wife passed her. She was upset. She's like, what are you doing, Paul? <laughs> She's all embarrassed because he, he, he wasn't acting like he should be acting. Let me tell you something. After you get set free, I don't care who's looking. I don't care who knows. If I was able to jump up in the air and do a cartwheel, I would. I'm going to let the world know about Jesus. And I just think about everything that David was through he, by the power of God. The lion and the bear, and from his experience, he grew confidence in the Lord, and his hope was strengthened, and it gave him and it increased his faith to go against the giant. Then after the giant things happened, and it gave him faith to keep, keep, keeping on. But then we see in the scripture, oh, why are you downcast, my soul? He was human. He was going through things. So I'm here to tell you today, wherever you're going through, God will get you through it. And sometimes we're our own worst enemies. We get upset because we get upset. Can I get a witness? Oh, man, I'm not the Christian I should be. Why am I still going through this? I thought I overcame this. It's all right to get upset. It's all right to feel a certain type of way. We can't let our feelings control us. We can't let them dictate our lives. They can't let them dictate the outcome of our lives. So here we are in closing. I thought you probably thought you'd never make it here. <laughs> And I actually told this story a whole lot quicker than I usually do. <laughs> Is there something in your life, remember in the beginning, now I'm bringing it back. What do they call it, full circle? We're coming back to it. In the beginning, I said, um, is there something in your life or someone you know in your life that you think is impossible, that you think is impossible? Because remember, Luke 18, 27, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, it still applies to us this day. It says, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And I'm going to say that three times. One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Spirit. What is impossible with man is possible with God. What is impossible with man is possible with God. So what is the impossible situation that you are going through today or someone else is going through that you feel that there's no way out?
or after my story, you feel like you have a little glimmer of hope. I just want to, if it's okay, Pastor, just take a short, very short period of time and just have a time of prayer. It's really short. And, you know, I'm not going to have an altar call or anything like that. But, and uh, if, if it's okay, if we get some anointed music in the background. <laughs> you, you were right on. I saw you coming. <laughs> that always makes the difference. And as we go forth together as a team, as one, as a body of Christ, there's one body, not 20 of them. Come on, somebody. And they're all fit together to help each other. So I just want to take a time of prayer. I just want to ask you to take a time just like what happened to me. Get serious with God. What's going on? Things that only you know. Things that have kept you in a prison in your heart. And a prison inside of a prison, inside of a prison that's gripping and trying to stop the blood from really flowing in your life. Now, I'm not going to interpret that. You interpret that the way the Lord has showed you that. But what's stopping the power from really manifesting? What's really stopping? What's getting in the way? And I know some of you right now, because I know the power of our Father. Thoughts are popping in your head right now as I'm speaking. And you're thinking about that. Some of you got tears coming to your eyes. I know. It's not that I'm doing. It's the power of Jesus Christ. And he wants to set you free. But just like me in that hotel room, you got to ask. Bible says seek and you will find. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be open to you. Who wants the door of freedom opened? Who wants to walk out of what you're in and be out of it once and for all and never turn back? Remember Psalms 46.1 God is our refuge, strength, very present help and trouble. His manifest presence is so wonderful in this place right now. Our refuge, our strength, our help in trouble. Psalms 18.6, in my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God. I, there's that word again. I cried for help. Help from his temple. He heard my voice. And my cry to him reached his ears. So I'm going to stop talking. Just for a little bit. I like to talk if you haven't noticed. Because <laughs> I got a song in my heart and I want to tell the world about Jesus. Let's take a little time. Seek the Lord and then I'll, I'll just pray for everybody as a whole. Thank you, Jesus.
Lord, we just thank you. I thank you, Lord, for true joy, for true love, for true peace, for true mercy, for true freedom, not false freedom. Father, I ask that your freedom reign in this place. Father, I ask that you release to everyone who hears the sound of my voice right now an unprecedented anointing of freedom. It's that anointing of freedom. Let it permeate us, Father. Let it heal us. Let us help us. Let it set us free. Let us heal our minds. Heal us from past hurts. Thoughts. What it could have, should have. Help us to let go of what you need to let, want us to let go of, Lord. Things that we hold on to so tightly. Help us to lay aside the weights that so easily entangle us and run the race with endurance. Not our endurance, but your endurance, Father. Give us unprecedented grace to run the race at your pace. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes on you the author and finisher of our faith, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, touch everybody in this place. Father, I please, Lord. You said the prayers, the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous man availeth much according to the power that works within us. So, Father, I ask I'm praying, there ain't no, the righteous one that's in me is Jesus. And Father, I'm praying right now that everybody who's in this building, Father, the moment we walk out that door today, we will be changed. We will be rearranged in many ways for your glory. We'll be healed. Father, we will, we will know without a shadow of a doubt that the master, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, King of kings, Lord of lords. His hand was on us. Father, I ask that you remove from us also by the time we leave many evil addictions, many evil habits, many evil, every, uh, evil passions, evil desires. Father, I ask that we'll hate what you hate, love what you love. Father, I ask that by the time we walk out that door today, that you remove from us uh, many evil strongholds, many evil mindsets, many evil thought patterns. Father, I ask that all those things will be gone, Father. And we'll, and we'll feel lighter, Father. We'll, we'll have pep in our step. We'll feel refreshed, not just feel it. We will be refreshed, rejuvenated, recharged, ready to go. Father, I ask that you give me and everyone in this place right now today a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit to overflow. And Father, I ask that let there be full manifestation of those prayers right now today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I ask, pray, and say, amen. Now, I usually don't do this, but if you could just play one song, I really feel strongly impressed by the Holy Spirit, just a, a song where we could just thank him and just praise him, and then I'm done with that, Pastor. Thank you so much for having me. Would you stand? Sing, fill with wonder. Fill with wonder, awestruck wonder at the mention of your name. Sing that again, fill with wonder. 
filled with wonder, awestruck wonder, at the mention of your name, Jesus, Jesus, your name is power, online right now and you're like, what's this feeling? That's the Holy Spirit. Some of you guys feel like a need to talk, but you don't have words in your head. Know why? You're like, man, I just gotta, I feel like I need to say something, but I, I don't have words in my head to say. Know why? Because the Spirit's about to baptize you in fire. Jesus said, he said, that, that we get baptized in water as a representation of what salvation is, that we're dead to our old ways and we're new in Him. But when the Spirit, He says, when I go to the Father and I'm going to send the Spirit, He's going to baptize you with fire. And, 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 and the evidence of that, oh man, the evidence of that is when, when we don't have words to say, but we got to say, and then we open our mouth and suddenly the Spirit speaks through us and it's a language that we don't know. And you're like, Oh, this is getting really out there. I didn't grow up like this. I, I, I know you didn't, but it's in the Bible. And the Holy Spirit empowers his church to do the very thing that we heard about today. He empowers us. He asks us to go into the world and preach the gospel. In my name, you'll cast out demons. In my name, but... He turns around and says, because I'm asking you to do this, I'm going to give you the power to do it. We can't do it. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. 
The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they have divine power. We want to tear down strongholds. You need the spirit of the living God in you. We got to walk in the spirit. Church, if we want to change Murray County, if we want to change Tennessee, if we want to change this nation, we got to have the spirit of God. It's not about, well, I didn't grow up like this. My church didn't talk about that. I get that. I'm not condemning them, but I'm telling you it's available now. We can't say we want to move a God without a move of the Spirit. We can't say we want to move. We want revival without a move of the Spirit. It's the Spirit of the living God that empowers us to change this world, to wreck the kingdom of darkness. So, I... Ironically, what's happening right now and on the other side of that wall is our children are learning about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they're asking Jesus to baptize them. And what we're gonna do, I'm gonna get out of the way because I really feel like this. The Lord's been laying in my heart. We've got to go after the Spirit of God. We've got to walk in the Spirit of God. We gotta walk in the power of the Spirit of God. And and I really feel like there needs to be baptisms in the Spirit of God. If we want to be the church of the living God, we need to operate everything he has for us. And so what I'm gonna ask is that we're gonna continue to, we're gonna gonna go through this again, but there's some of us today that I believe that you're gonna get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I believe it, I believe it. And honestly, the best description, I'm not gonna tell you, oh, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to say it. I'm not gonna say that because it's the, the Spirit does what He wants, when He wants, how He wants. It's Jesus. If you want to be baptized in the Spirit, I want you to ask, Jesus, baptize me. And I believe this is what's going to happen. The best description I've ever heard. You're going to feel a need to talk, but you won't have words. You're just going to be like, I need to say something, but I don't have words for it. Open your mouth. Just open your mouth. And the Spirit will give utterance. This is what we don't talk about. You know, if if it's new to you, you've probably heard people speak in tongues before and like, it sounds like gibberish or a chicken coop or whatever, I get that. But when you first start, when my kids first started learning the language, guess what they just said over and over and over? Mama, mama, it was one word, over and over. That's what it's gonna be with you. It's gonna be like one word. But as we use this language, it will grow. And the point is not the language. The point is the power to be a witness. And I just, I feel it so heavy right now. So if you want, I believe this is for you. The apostle Peter, he said, this is for you. He's quoting Joel. God prophesied through the prophet Joel that this is for everyone. I will pour out my spirit in the last days. Their sons will prophesy. Their old men will dream dreams. Their young men will have visions. This is for everyone. This is for everyone. This is for you. I don't care if you've been raised this way, but if you're hungry for Jesus, he will give this to you. When you're going after Jesus, he will give this to you. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit to empower us to be the church. I believe what God's about to do through this church in Murray County is mind-blowing. And we don't even have words to describe. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God is about to do. But we've got to be a church filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to get out of the way. If you want it, you ask Jesus for it. He's the baptizer. Then I'm going to come up and talk about missions for a split second, and then we're going to dismiss. Okay? 
Spirit, I yield to you. Jesus, baptize me. And maybe you've been baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, I need a fresh anointing. I need a fresh anointing. I want to be who you have for me. I want to, I want to go out into the kingdom of darkness and wreck it. I want to wreck the kingdom of darkness. I want strongholds to crumble in the wake of you in me. I want people to be set free because you're in me. No, Peter walked in the power of the Holy Spirit and his shadow hit people and they were healed. It can happen. You can walk into a room and change the atmosphere because you're not anything special. I'm not anything special. But by golly, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us and he could be upon you and he could change the atmosphere. When Jesus walks in the room, how does he interact with the world today, church? Through you. When he walks into the room, it changes. I'm going to stop talking. If you, if you need Jesus, baptize me. It might happen today. It might happen tonight. But you're willing. He will. I had a cousin that prayed for months. And he was in the Air Force. And on base, the middle of the night, he woke up speaking in tongues. The Lord baptized him. And then he became a minister of the gospel. Like he just... And if you're baptized, let's just say, God, I need a fresh anointing. Because what happens is us Pentecostals, we're really bad about this. 
We'll just speak in tongues, but we don't do anything in the power of the Holy Spirit. The point is the power. The point is the witness. And you will receive power to be my witnesses. Holy Spirit, give us a fresh anointing to be witnesses for your gospel. Do your work. I just feel like, man, some of us like, man, it doesn't make sense. Like it, I can't make sense of it. You don't have to. I don't know how God removed tumors last year out of people. I don't know how God regrew bones that we prayed for. I, I, I don't know. I don't have to know. We believe God, right? You know, I don't know how he, I, I, like he, he, he said we're a new creation. He does that. I don't have to know how God does it. He just does it. Because last time I checked, he does not answer to us. Father, I just pray right now that you do your work. Lord, you have so much more for your church than we could ever imagine. You have so many more blessings. You, Lord, your word says you came to give life and life to the full. Lord, you have so much more work. Lord, your word says you prepare a good work for us in advance. Lord, you 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 want to do so many miracles, so much. You want to, Lord, you have so many things. And Lord, I just pray right now that you, that you, that you remove every every hiccup that might be in our mind that would stop us from receiving what you want to do in us because you want to do more you want to do more lord what we heard today is why it's the why we do what we do it's the why we give to missions it's the why because, Lord, how many people will be changed that will become the next Gene Garcia that will help other people get set free by the power of the blood of Jesus? That's why we share our faith. That's why we pray for the lost. Guys, I'm not trying to push any doctrine on anyone. I'm not trying to make anyone. I'm trying. I, 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 what my heart is, is for us to walk in everything that God has for us. If you love Jesus, this is for you. He did not save you to give you fire insurance. He saved you to make you a force against the enemy of our souls. Jesus says, if you're ashamed of me and my gospel, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. 
And then he turns around and gives us power to not be ashamed. That's what it really means to be a Christian. It doesn't mean going to the church. It doesn't mean reading your Bible or praying every day. To be a follower of Jesus is I'm in love with Jesus. I want what he wants for me. I want to do what he tells me to do. I want to say what he tells me to say. He's life. He's everything. Father, fall on your people. Holy Spirit, fall on us. We need you. We need you. We need you. Like, we have a business meeting. Are you serious? Like, dude, ponchos might be closed. They won't be. They actually won't even be crowded by the time you get there. This is way more important than our business meeting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask. You know, the Bible says this. Like, there's a story in some... Um, the gospel was exploding in Samaria. You guys can be seated because we're about to do something. Um, the gospel was exploding in Samaria through the work of Philip. And, and, and he was baptizing people in water. People were getting saved. And then Peter and John went up there and said, what baptism have you received? And then they were like, we just received, you know, John's baptism, baptism in water. He said, okay. Then they laid their hands on him. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. How many guys, first and foremost, how many guys received the baptism of the Holy Spirit today? Today. Okay. How many guys want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit today that's never received it? One, two. Okay. This is what we're going to do. Anyone else that want, anybody else want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? He's here. Three. Okay, four. I just want you to come down here. Step out. I mean, if the apostles did it, I figure there's a precedence in Scripture. Gene, would you join me? We're just going to lay hands on you. I'm not going to tell you what to pray. This is a Holy Spirit thing. I can't tell you how. I'm going to tell you, you're going to feel a need to talk and you're not going to know what to do, but you're going to yield your mouth. And I'm just going to pray for you. Gene's going to pray for you. And I'm going to, I'm just going to tell you, receive the Holy Spirit. 
And that's, that's, that's what I'm going to do. And then it's on you. It really is. You're going to yield your mouth to the Spirit. And then all that is, is proof. That's all it is. It's like you're going to get the gift, and that's the wrapping paper. So you step back for a second. Just take one step back so we can get in front of you. Can you? Gene and I are going to pray with you. You start that in. We'll meet in the middle. church let's let's pray let's pray church we have people that are hungry for this let's pray church come on in the name of Jesus. receive the holy spirit receive the baptism in the name of jesus in the name of jesus fire fall on them right now in the name of jesus in the name of jesus i pray
1 in chapter 3, it says, Jesus says, he said that the spirit is like wind. He goes where he wants, when he wants, how he wants, essentially. And what I'm saying is right now, you five, you stepped out, you want this. You want Jesus. How you get how you get the baptism is you seek Jesus. He's a baptizer. We don't seek tongues. We don't seek the power. We seek Jesus. And this week, as you seek Jesus, you lay down lesser things. You just go after Jesus. You will be baptized. You are going to be praying in your car. You are going to be praying at home. You're going to be praying for whatever. And all of a sudden, you will start declaring things in an unknown language. And it's proof. It's just the reality of what's going to happen. I've already heard testimony from you. I've heard testimony from um, you. I've heard testimony of like God's been drawing you in because he wants to baptize you. Seek Jesus. And I'm going to say this again. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be baptized in the Spirit. And I'm telling you, next Sunday morning, you will have a testimony. Who here did did who here did you did any of you start speaking in something that you're like, what was that that came out of my mouth? You did? Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was, yeah, it is weird. It's still weird. Let's give it up for Jesus. Give it up for Jesus. And I'm telling you, I like I don't want any of you to walk away discouraged. Because it will happen. It will happen. He's not hiding it from you. You know what? There's a scripture in Proverbs. It says, it is the Lord's pleasure to hide a thing, and it's the king's pleasure to seek it out. And the Lord's saying, seek me. He's he's not hiding it. He's saying, seek me. He's pulling you. He's pulling you. He's pulling you. He's pulling you. You're going to walk in deliverance. You're going to walk in deliverance. He's pulling you. Those things that have plagued you for years, you're walking in deliverance. You're walking in deliverance. He's pulling you. He's pulling you. That knee that's been bothering you, you're going to walk out with no pain. He's pulling you. He's pulling you. He's pulling you. Oh, oh there's going to Dude, your family's about to be wrecked because of you. Mm. He's pulling you. He's pulling you. Oh my gosh. Those prayers you've been praying that seem impossible, they're about to be answered. He's pulling you. He's pulling you. Don't walk away discouraged. God has a call on your life and he hasn't made a mistake. You're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. He's pulling you. Seek Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So what were we doing today? Was it a mission service? (laughs) Guys, this is why we support missions. The great mission verse in the Bible is Acts 1.8. And you'll receive power to be my witnesses. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and all to the ends of the earth. The heart of God is to empower the church to be witnesses. What I'm going to ask you guys to do today, the whole church, I want you to take this week and pray. Please. Ask the Lord, what do you want me to give to missions this year? 
It doesn't have to be a lot. It could be two cents a month. I don't care what it is. I want you to be obedient. And next week, fill out the faith promise and be faithful to it. And God will bless you. We don't do it for the blessing, but we're blessed to be a blessing. And I'm telling you, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to spoil the fun a little bit. We gave over 60,000 to missions last year. Come on. Let's give it up to Jesus. I'm sorry. I just feels like, dude, that was my thing. I was going to say that at the business. I believe we're going to give more than that this year because we listen. We're a giving church. Pray about it this week. And also, Teen Challenge has this really cool program. And talk to Gene after service, but you can sponsor. You can come alongside and sponsor a student to get through the program. Just like a monthly gift, and you get to interact with that student. You can write letters. You can, um, they write you. They let you know your, their progress. But, man, what a testimony. Let's, I was going to say, let's give it up for Gene, but let's give it up for Jesus. That's what, yeah. What, look, you hear the testimony, what Jesus did in him. And you know, like I told you a couple weeks ago, the word testimony in the Old Testament, it literally means, you guys can be seated. You guys, like the word testimony means do it again with the same power and authority. If God did it in Gene, he could do it in your family members. He can do it in your children. He could do it in your grandchildren. He can do it in your cousins. He can do it in you. Do it again. That's what he does with the same power and authority. So please talk to Gene. He's going to be at the table right after service. He would love to answer any questions because I probably butchered it. But I'm going to pray for you guys. There's a move of God coming. It's here. And it's like, have you guys ever pushed a car that is in neutral? It wasn't running, but you had to push it. You know how much energy it takes at first to push that vehicle? You, it, it, like, you push it and you push it. We are in a season where we have to push. But by the end of the year, it's going to be rolling on its own. Because once you get that car, the momentum takes care of itself. When we, when we, the church, start pushing into Jesus, when we, the church, start going after Jesus, man, the momentum carries us. The Holy Spirit carries us. There's a push at first. Teen Challenge wasn't fun, I bet, when you first went through it. But now it rolls. It's life because of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for your church right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless them and keep them, Father. Make your face shine on them and be gracious to them. Turn your countenance towards them and may they have peace. Fill us up, Holy Spirit. I want us to be the church and let this building be a building. In the name of Jesus, amen. I love you guys.